Hey, if you've got your booklets and your Bibles, we're going to be using those, so make sure those are out and ready to go. Whew, lost my breath there. Here we go. But before we get into that, uh, I know a few of you, maybe you got to know me a little bit uh, here the last night, but maybe you have some questions for me, so I'll just take just a couple of questions. Yeah. How tall am I? Someone did ask me that this morning. Who was it in the back? Who guessed it? How tall am I? Six foot five. That's right. Six five. I'm not sure. I think it's 196. I think it's 196. But yes. Oh, that's a good question. Um, A couple of years. Just about two years I've been a pastor. Good question. Yeah. He said, this might be a little rude, but how old are you? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. How old do you think I am? 36? Oh, 26. Okay. Uh, try it again. 30. Someone said 30. That is how old I am. I am 30 years old. I know I look like I could still be in high school, but I am not. Yes. How long have I been a father? Well, Adriana's six, so six years. Uh, last question. How long have I, oh, this is a good test, right? How long have I been married? Uh, th- it'll be nine years coming up in May, so eight and some months. So we've been married for almost nine years coming up here in May. So, hey, I have been having a blast getting to know you guys, and if you see me around and you had another question you really had to ask me, Come on up to me. I'll probably answer it. Hey, let me tell you just a really fun, quick story from the mission field. Can I do that before I get into my message? Yeah? Okay. So I'm going to tell you about um, one of my wife's fears. All right? One of my wife's fears, and I asked her, she's okay with me sharing this with you, is spiders. Who does not like spiders? Okay. So we got some other people that don't like spiders. So sometimes I'll be hanging out at home, and from the other room, I'll hear this, ah, right? And I go in there, and I say, honey, what's wrong? And she's like, there's this huge spider. And I go over there, and this is what I see. This tiny little spider, right? Right? Anybody, like, terrified of spiders, even a tiny one? Okay. And so then I'm like, a huge, a huge spider, this is... That's like a tiny little spider. Listen, you're talking to the Amazon kid here that grew up in Brazil. I mean, we have real spiders in Brazil, all right? We've got some real spiders like this, all right? Now that is a big spider. It's a tarantula. That is correct. So anybody know how to, uh, well, maybe not the best way, to, but the most fun way to kill a tarantula? Well, I'll tell you. I was... Oh, I was probably about you guys' age, and uh, I heard my mom in the backyard yelling. My mom didn't like spiders either. She yelled, same blood-curdling, loud scream, yelling, ah! And so I come running, and it is actually a big spider this time. It was a tarantula. And so it was not my first run-in with a tarantula, so I run and grab some rubbing alcohol, and I grab some matches, and me and my brother... We're a team, right, because you got to act fast. So one of us would grab the alcohol. One grabs the matches, and 
We go one, two, three, douse it, light the match, throw the match, and then the tarantula just goes wild, right? It's just on fire, running around, not for very long, uh, but then it dies. All right, so now you know, if you ever run into a tarantula, the most fun way to get rid of them is by lighting them on fire. That doesn't really have much to do with our message today, but I just wanted to share with you a little bit about my life Um, on the mission field. So today we're going to be getting into sharing and talking about the gospel. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where we're going to be reading today and talking about the gospel. I know some of you in here are really smart and you're like, but Pastor Jared, last night we talked about the gospel. That's right. We can't talk about the gospel enough, and today I'm actually going to call some of you to take some action as a result of what you hear today. So if you have your Bibles, let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 says this, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. So this is the Apostle Paul talking, and he says, hey, you have received this gospel. What is the gospel? Verse 2, and by which you are being saved. Okay, so this gospel saves. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. So here it is, verse 3, for I delivered to you as of first importance that I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So that's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. If you're looking in the Bible, if you're looking for a a really quick summary of the gospel, this is it right here. You can mark it down, write it down. It's the gospel, it's the good news that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross for our sins, and three days later, he rose from the grave. So we're talking about the gospel, and some of you in here I know are really smart. So what does the word gospel actually mean? Like what is the literal meaning of the gospel? Yeah. The Bible? Not quite. The gospel is in the Bible, but what does the word gospel mean? Good news. That's right. That's right. And what is the good news of the gospel? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's right. The good news is that, that Jesus came and died on the cross so that someday we can live with him forever. Absolutely. It's the good news that Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross for our sins. Have you ever received good news before? Like someone came to you and was like, hey, I got some good news for you. Well, I remember one time in my life when I received some good news. The first time that uh, my wife was pregnant with our firstborn daughter, Adriana. I remember the day that we found that out, and that was great news. Now, my wife came to me and said, hey, I've got some great news. We're pregnant, we're gonna have a baby, this is awesome. And so this was really exciting news to me, and all sorts of questions started to flood my mind, like, man, am I gonna be a good dad? 
Is this child going to be healthy? Is it going to be a boy or a girl? I had all these questions going through my mind, but it didn't stop me from knowing that the fact that this is good news and it's really exciting. And what do you do when you get some good news like that? You just keep it to yourself, right? Yeah, that's a picture of little Adriana when she was, I don't know. That is an ultrasound. Maybe 10 weeks? I can't remember exactly, but... That is a picture of Adriana when she was just a little baby in an ultrasound. So I had this good news, right? So what do you do when you receive good news? Do you just keep it in? No way. I wanted to tell everyone. Although those of you who are married, you probably didn't tell, I didn't tell everyone right away. You know, all that. You had to wait a little while. So it was killing me. But I remember the day that we decided, okay, we can start telling people this good news. We're really excited. And I mean strangers, People at the grocery store, my coworker, anyone I was turn, running into, I was telling them this good news that I was going to be a dad. So what do we do with the good news of the gospel? We're going to talk about that here in a second. How we should be sharing that good news with others, just like other good news that you received. So we've talked about the good news of the gospel and and the good news that I received. Now, let, let me ask you a question. Let's say my wife came to me one day and said, hey, I got some really good news for you. It's really exciting. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you got my attention. And then she just walked away. That might be kind of rude, right? That's the same way with your friends. If you have this good news, you have this good news of the gospel, you have this, the best news in the world, really, but you don't share it with them. Man, we're missing an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel if we don't do that already. So what is the gospel? We talked about it last night in Romans. Here in 1 Corinthians, it talks about it as well. But I'm going to boil it down, and I know for those of you who are theologians in the room, you might be like, the gospel is so much more than that, and yes. But to really simplify the gospel, I'm going to simplify it down to four words. Jesus in my Place. And that's in your notes there if you're looking to fill that in. Jesus in my place. The reason we boil it down to that is because we know that we've sinned, right? We know we have that understanding. But Jesus came and in our place, he took the sin that we deserved and placed it upon himself. So we're going to say that all together. You guys ready? One, two, three. Jesus in my place. One more time. Jesus in my place. I just really want you to think about that today. The fact that Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross for your sins and for mine so that we could have a relationship with him and someday, like our friend was saying up here, we can go and live with him forever. What's something that you've always wanted to get Maybe it was on your Christmas list or, or your birthday gift, but you have never gotten it. Like you haven't gotten this gift yet. What's a gift that you're like, oh man, I'd really love to have this, but I've never gotten it. Yeah, you're going to have to speak up. Going skiing. going skiing. Never been able to go skiing. Okay. What else? Getting a phone. All right. What else? Going to Idaho. That is quite, wow. <laughs> I think, I think that could probably happen. Yeah. Getting a dog. Oh, man. All right. I'll take one more. A Lego set that you really want. Okay. 
So a lot of you have these things in your mind, right? Here's something that you really, really want, but you've never been able to get it quite yet. What if at your next birthday party, you invited some friends, and all of a sudden, this friend that you're not really even great friends with, but they show up, and they give you that Lego set, or they give you that phone that you've been wanting, or trip to Idaho. I guess I don't know how they give that to you, but let's say they show up at your party and they give you this gift that's really expensive. What do you do when you receive that gift? What do you do? You, I'll, I'll tell you what you do. I know when you, when you get a really expensive gift, you go back to them and say, tell you what, I'm going to grab my wallet here. How much did that gift cost you? I'm going to just give you, give you the cash right here to pay you back for that gift, right? Is that what you do when you get a gift? No. You don't pay people back when you get the gift? No, what, what do you do? Yeah. You say thank you. You receive the gift and you say thank you. Now, did you do anything to deserve that gift? No. I mean, you had a birthday, sure, but you didn't do anything for them. Remember, we talked that this person wasn't really a, a very close friend of yours, but they gave you like the most precious gift that you really, really wanted, but nobody would ever give to you. Listen, that's exactly what Jesus does for us. He comes and he offers this free gift of salvation to us. There's nothing that we can do to deserve it. And when we receive it, all we can do is say thank you. There's nothing that we can do to pay him back for what he has done. It's a free gift of God. That's what we were talking about last night in Romans. He's it's talking about how he extends this free gift to all of us. All right, I need a volunteer. And Tyson, come on up, buddy. He, he came up to me earlier and said, hey, do you need a volunteer today? And normally I don't do this, but since he, actually his dad is my cousin, I said, okay, I'll have, I'll have Tyson come up. So Tyson, what grade are you in? Sixth. Sixth grade. Okay, so Tyson is in sixth grade. Let's say Tyson and I are buddies, right? Let's say maybe we live right next to each other. We live right next door, and Tyson and I hang out all the time. I'm like the tallest, ugliest sixth grader you've ever seen, all right? But just go with me for a second. So Tyson and I are buddies. We're hanging out. We love to hang out. And one day, I go over to his house, and I say, hey, I want to play with Tyson today. I, go, I come up to the door. I knock on the door, and his mom comes to the door. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Normally, if Tyson sees me coming, he, he, he meets me. And she goes, hey, uh, what's going on, Jared? And I say, hey, I want to play with Tyson. We, I'd love to, lots of snow out. We could build a snow fort. We can do something awesome. And then his mom's name's Sarah, right? I probably should know my cousin's wife's name. Sarah looks at me and says, hey, listen, I, I'm glad that you want to play with him, but today he can't. He can't play with you today. He's, in fact, he's up in his room right now. He's in trouble. He disobeyed, and he's in big trouble. In fact, he is in so much trouble that he is waiting for dad to come home to receive a consequence. You all know what a consequence is, right? Sometimes 
it is a spanking in our household as well. Okay, so he is waiting in his room for dad to come home. You know that he's in big trouble if he's doing that. I don't know what you did, Tyson, but it was bad. So I look at, I look at Sarah and I say, Miss Sarah, I think about it for a second. I said, you know, do you think I could take that punishment for Tyson? And she goes, I, I don't know. I guess you just have to go ask Tyson. So I go up to Tyson's room. I say, Tyson, do you think I can take your punishment for you? I can? Wow, what a privilege. Thank you. <laughs> so he says, yes. Yeah. So then, then I'm sitting in his room with him and waiting for his dad. Now, I know your dad. He's not a huge, tall football player. But let's say he is, all right? Let's say Tyson's dad is this big dude, just really big, just ripped football player, works out every day. Like some of you boys out there, let me see your muscles. Okay, stronger than that. Stronger than your muscles. Stronger than that. He comes home, and I go to his dad. And I say, Mr. Brian, I'd like to take Tyson's spanking for him. And he's like, are you sure? And Tyson's like, yeah. Yeah, I want him to take my punishment for me too. So what do I do? I take that punishment for Tyson. Not because I deserved it, not because anything I did, but because I love my friend. Give him a hand. You can have a seat. Thank you, Tyson. Listen, that is just a silly illustration that kind of illustrates, hopefully in your mind, what Jesus has done for you and for me. Jesus came to this earth, and he died on the cross for your sins, for your consequence. He, he's taken the consequence that you deserve. Eternal separation from Jesus. Eternal death. Eternal time away and separated from God. That is what Jesus did for you. He came and he said, listen, I know you deserve this. I know you deserve this punishment, but I'm going to take it upon myself. And I am going to die in your place. So let's say that one more time. The gospel is Jesus in my place. Now I'm sure many of you have already accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. So you don't think maybe that this message applies to you. You're like, man, I, I know. I know the gospel. I don't, I don't need you to tell me again. But my challenge to you is what are you doing with that good news? We're going to walk through, last night we went through the book of Romans and kind of showed you that that's one way you can walk through some of your friends. You can take this booklet and you can walk them through those verses and explain those to them. And I believe that a child, even your age, a friend of yours, could get saved by you sharing those verses with them. This, what I'm going to show you here in a minute, is another way that you can take your friends through the gospel and share the good news of the gospel and you can share that with others, Because we're called not only to take this good news and keep it inside, but we're called to take this good news and share it with the world. So the next couple of points here is a way that you can share the gospel. Number one, God rules. In Genesis 1.1 it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That means that God rules over Everything. 
God is in charge. He is in charge of everything that happens. He created you and me and created the whole world. Therefore, he rules and he is ultimately in charge. The second point is that we sinned. And we talked about this a little bit last night. We talked about in Romans how we sinned and we don't deserve um, to spend eternity with Jesus. We deserve to spend eternity away from him in a very real place called hell. But God sent his son to this earth so that we can be saved. If you can go to those next couple of slides, Josh. Mm, two, there we go. God's plan, two more. Perfect. God rules, we sinned, and the third one, God provided. Who did God provide? Who did God provide to come? Yeah, that's right. We celebrated at Christmas time. We celebrate the fact that Jesus came to this earth, was born of a virgin, and that he came, his whole purpose was to share this good news and to die for us. A verse for that one is John 3.16. You all know it. If you know it, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, this good news of the gospel is all throughout the Bible. And this is one way that you can share with your friends. Listen, God created everything. God rules. He's in charge of everything. But you and I, we sinned, and you can explain to them. Sin is anything we think, say, or do that goes against God, and talk to them about that. And talk to them about what sins you commit. But there, there's good news in that, that Jesus came. God provided a perfect sacrifice. The next point is that Jesus gives. You can write that down in your booklets, too. Jesus gives. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, one of my favorite verses says, For our sake he made him to be sin. God made him, meaning Jesus, to be sin. Who knew no sin. Jesus didn't know any sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God sent Jesus. He gives us this free gift. And what's left for us to do? We have to pay him back, right? We have to earn our salvation. No. The last point is that we respond. We respond. In Romans 10, verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise from God. He says, listen, if you call on my name, you will be saved. That's a promise that I am giving to you. That is our role in salvation. We can't pay back, just like we were talking about, the friend that gives you the gift, just like we were talking about in the illustration with Tyson. There's nothing that we can do in order to earn God's favor, to earn God's salvation. We just need to respond and accept the free gift that Jesus is extending to us. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to have a time of response here. Because I think what we, sh what we have covered this morning is one of the most 
No, not one of the most. The most important thing in the entire world. This is the most important decision that you could ever make. So campers, go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Just the counselors can look around. This is a time where I want to call you to respond and act on what you've just heard and even what you heard last night. Maybe you're here and God has been pricking your heart and God is saying, you, you've heard this, this gospel, this good news, and maybe you've heard it a hundred times before, but here this weekend at camp, God is interacting with your heart and saying, you need to believe that. You've never done that. You've never truly accepted God from your heart. If that is you and you, and you would say, God is calling me, I believe today, to become a child of his, to accept this free gift of salvation. If that is you, would you go ahead and raise your hand and look up at me to say, I need to accept that free gift of salvation. Thank you. Anybody else? You say, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I know I need to accept that free gift that you're talking about. I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved today. Thank you. You put your hands down. Maybe you're here and you're a Christian. You say, Pastor Jared, man, I'm, I'm saved and this gospel is, is good news, I know, but man, I have not been doing a very good job of sharing that good news with other people. I know it's great news, and I know I should be sharing this, but man, sometimes I'm, I'm afraid or I'm ashamed. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to go from here this weekend. I want to go back home. I want to go to school. I want to go to my friends, and I want to share this good news with others. If that's you, and you would say, I'm a Christian, but I want to share this good news, would you raise your hand? You just commit in your heart, that I'm going to share this good news with at least one person when I go back home. Amen. Amen. You can put them down. God, let's pray. God, we thank you for your free gift of salvation. We pray that as a result of your word and the hearing of the gospel that you would save many today. And for those of us who are saved, we would be challenged this weekend to go home and share this good news. And not to keep it in, but to share it with those around us that we know don't know you. We thank you for the tender hearts that are here. We pray that you would continue to work in our hearts throughout the weekend. In Jesus' name, amen.